All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm gonna leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have ten things to tell you, and you have ten things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper, and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. Greetings from week two of self-isolation of the coronavirus and the very reason that I feel pretty passionately about today's topic. It's actually not the only reason I feel strongly about taking care to document our lives. I have long been a proponent of journaling and making photo books. I will put a link in the show notes to the episodes that are deep dives into those things. But I just found so much personal joy and benefit from keeping real-time notes and photos and letters about what is happening in our family. And now... Here we are in a global pandemic, a truly historic moment that will be studied for years to come that will affect our country, our healthcare, our economy, and more for who knows how long. Frankly, we're still on the very early side of this, and so right now is exactly when I want to be talking about the importance of writing our own history. Because this history will be written, folks. Not just COVID-19 as a virus, but all the bigger picture stuff that is going to surround this story, like different reactions, the toll it's going to take, the beauty that we've already seen peeking out through videos and humor and revelations, all of it. It's a real moment. But even if you want to take it out of this historic thing we're living through, I've been on this planet long enough to see how often the history books don't represent how I remember something or how I experienced it. I've seen retrospectives about 
what it was like to be a teenager in the 90s or what it was like in Los Angeles post 9-11. I'm not saying that the official histories of those things are wrong. There's simply no way to write a definitive history of anything. But I don't always see myself or my belief system or my memories represented in those big picture ideas that get sort of tossed around in the aftermath. So I'm a huge proponent of writing our own history, privately for our children or our children's children. What I would give to read a journal of my ancestors from the past. Or because of the internet, we can now share our experiences publicly for others to relate to or to see it from another perspective. Think about the most important and memorable ways that we remember parts of history. It's not usually from the classroom. It's not from textbooks. I remember very specific books, letters, journals, and then the art that has been made from those personal remembrances. I'm thinking of the Little House on the Prairie books that were based on Laura Ingalls Wilder's lived experience. I'm thinking of the diary of Anne Frank, which is sort of the biggest example ever, right? That a young girl's diary has done more to bring about understanding the horrors of the Nazis and the Holocaust. More recently, we have Hamilton the Musical, one of the most important pieces of art for me in my adulthood. And it's based on a book, yes, but that was compiled through lengthy words written by Hamilton himself and the letters and the journals of other founding fathers and their spouses. And so, yeah, all of those things are from a different time period. And in some ways, it seems like the mentality around that is different because the main way our ancestors had to communicate was by the written word. And these days, there is a plethora of information everywhere all the time. There is an overabundance of documentation but not about you, not about your family, not about what was happening in your heart during this time in history. No one else but you is able to capture what it looks like in your home, in your brain, just exactly right now. So I'm going to give you 10 ways for you to be writing and keeping your own history. They don't all involve a lot of work. I am not trying to give you a chore or a task list here, but they do require a certain mindset and in some instances, maybe a little bit of an organization system around it. I'm going to start with the one I'm always harping about because I think it's the most important. It's also easily accessible to everyone of every type, of every education level, of everything. And number one That is journaling. Journaling is a key to all things in life. Not really, not totally. But don't be scared of journaling. It does not have to be your deepest, most secretive thoughts at all. If you haven't listened to episode nine, 10 Ways to Journal, I will sum up just part of that extensive episode here. When I say journaling, do not think of your teenage angsty diary. There are a hundred ways to journal. None of them are wrong. But in the category of writing your own history, journaling is especially easy. 
just jot down some notes of the main things that happened or what was said or what you want to remember. You do not have to have a fancy journal to do this. You can use your planner. You can use a plain notebook. It really does not matter. You do not have to write full sentences. You can just make bullet points if that takes the pressure off for you. If you want to turn it into a narrative, if you want to care about paragraphs and spelling, fine. But do that because it brings you joy to lay it out that way. Do not do that because you think that you should or that it will be easier to understand in the future when you read back. Don't think too, too much about the future of it. We are living in the present. We are journaling in the present. Just get it down in a way that is easy for you right now and in a way that makes sense. Number two, email. Now, I don't know about you, but in the last 10 years with the rise of texting, my email inbox has gotten ridiculously impersonal. Most of my emails are work or school related. They are functional. They are informational. They're necessary and convenient as a way to pass information back and forth, but the vast majority of my emails are not personal. But there was a time, the first decade of the 2000s, I really feel like, when I was writing and receiving lots of personal emails. There was a real moment where emails were what letters used to be. This was pre-texting, pre-social media. Email was the primary source of checking in on someone or for giving updates on what was going on to pour out your feelings to one another. I have thousands, maybe tens of thousands, honestly, of emails from starting in my college days until I was like a mother, really. So for most of my 20s, I have all these emails, and they are priceless to me, truly priceless. Some of them I've printed out over time because I just couldn't bear the thought of them getting lost forever into the internet trash can, and I've put them into folders. I've kept them in a safe place. But there are also a ton that live in the digital folders on my email servers. I have special folders for emails from my mom, reply all type emails in certain friend groups. And just this last week, when I had to set my tiny children up with email for the first time, because they are going to be remote learning indefinitely, I set up folders for each of them in my email inbox because they started sending me sweet emoji filled messages. And I know that this stage won't last forever. The thing about email is that it still works the way it always has. You can send and receive emails that are long explanations or descriptions about what is going on with you. And when we're talking about writing our own history, maybe email is one of the best ways. Because besides the low risk of email servers going down completely, it's very convenient. It's free. It creates no clutter. And it takes up very little space even on your computer. So while I think email is a great option for writing your own history and looking back at your own history, it's also really good for those who are resistant to journaling. Maybe you don't like handwriting, you'd much prefer to type. Those who might do better mentally if they have an audience for their musings, and by an audience I just mean a recipient, instead of putting it in a journal. You know, think about drafting an email to someone who would appreciate your documentation. 
maybe someone of a different generation or someone who lives in another country, anything like that. Email has become underestimated as a connection tool, I think, with so many other shiny new things, but email is there and it's not going anywhere. Number three is tied to email, but it is more of a lost art, takes a lot more effort, but many of the concepts are the same, and that is letters, writing an old-fashioned letter. Letters, of course, are historically very important. In the pre-computing days, a lot of history has been pieced together through people's letters. And I know, I know, I know, it's a fairly outdated form of communication besides cards and announcements and the types of things you want to save, like formal invitations and such. But I'm including it on this list for many of the same reasons that I said about email, and also because there's a sentimental value to letters. In some cases, a person might find themselves being more vulnerable in a letter. There's something really beautiful about seeing another person's handwriting, don't you think? I am sure that you can agree that literally no one wants to smell bad. But sometimes regular underarm deodorant just isn't cutting it. Or maybe it's not your underarms that need help. With Lumi, you don't have to worry. Lumi is the first of its kind in total body deodorant and is fully safe to use anywhere on your body. It is clinically proven to block odor all day and control it for up to 72 hours. The secret is mandelic acid, where instead of masking odor with a fragrance, it stops the odor before it even starts. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free, as well as pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off the starter pack. Use code U for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code U, Y-O-U, at lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, number four on the list of 10 ways to write your own history, photos. Photos are obvious when you're on a trip or when you're doing something that you will really want to remember in some ways, but I think photos can be less obvious when documenting our everyday lives. This is exactly why I host One Day HH every fall, and I encourage people to take photos of their day-to-day life that otherwise would never make it in the picture like what their cubicle looks like, the inside of their car, etc., etc. People are always so surprised at what it means to document those little things. And looking back even just a year later, you can see how a space has changed 
or how your perspective on what's in that picture has changed. This is also why I'm a huge proponent of selfies, because we may see ourselves in the mirror every day, but sometimes we don't see ourselves until we look at a photo. And to bring it to this moment of history, even if you are self-isolating and you think, well, my house looks the same as it always does every day, that might not seem notable now, but I assure you it will in the future. This is what our home looked like. This is what school and work and the kitchen looked like when we were stuck together during a global pandemic. Just take the pictures. And if you're in the mood to share, I'm documenting what our family and home looks like during the self-isolation. Every day, I'm putting it on Instagram. A lot of people are doing it along with me. We're using the hashtag OneDayCV. It's a play on the One Day HH challenge that I host. It's also just a way for us to stay in community right now. And I'd love for you to join us. This brings us to number five, social media. For better or worse, I think there are corners of social media where the world is absolutely writing history. Twitter especially is groundbreaking in this way, and social media is an example of not only writing our own history, but sharing our worlds in real time with our friends and our family or with an audience. I've been sharing my life on the internet since 2010, and I can attest that it is a thread of my life history right there with what I've been sharing. It's not exactly the same as what's in my journal. You know, it's presented differently, but it's no less true. And it didn't feel this way when it started with a newborn baby on my lap. I didn't feel like I was writing my own history, but now I can look back and see that I was telling a story, the story of motherhood, the story of our family. On social media or on blogs, you might not be totally cognizant of the narrative that you're weaving if you're just sort of telling it as the days go on. But if you keep it up regularly, you are in fact making a slow motion documentary of your life, right? Maybe it's slightly scary to think of it like that, or maybe thinking about it like that brings some kind of order to what you post on social media. But if you look at the big picture, if you are posting personal stuff, your family, your thoughts, That is what you're doing. You are writing your own history. And it's one of my very favorite things to have come out of Instagram and Facebook, actually. Number six of 10 ways to write your own history is video. When my babies were little, my mom highly encouraged me to take lots and lots of videos. And I didn't take nearly enough because in the new motherhood days, I thought that I looked gross or I didn't want it to take up too much space on my phone, or whatever bogus reason that I came up with in the moment. But now here we are years later, and one of my biggest regrets, not enough videos. I wish I could go back and take videos like, I don't know, every single Sunday or something like that of our little family. I wish I'd gotten the kids to talk on video or sing on video or something, but I didn't. And so there's no time like the present to start where you are and just start shooting some video now. If you're not sure what to shoot, and I'm not sure always, then it's nice to give yourself little assignments. Those kind of assignments can be anything, like pick a day of the week, and then you always take a few videos on that day. Maybe you have a question that you answer on the video or that you go around the table and have people answer. There are a lot of ways that don't have to be boring and random and stuff you'll never watch again when you're capturing your family life. 
Think about what would make it special to you. Is it talking to the camera? Is it performing something? Is it getting a candid moment of time together? And then remember, of course, that videos don't have to be long. If I had just more little tiny clips of my children when they were young, I would be so happy. Now, if you have video hangups about yourself being on camera, then you might welcome number seven, which is audio. This is a little bit of a weird one and not one that you might think of immediately, but if you're shy about photos of yourself or especially videos of yourself, or if you think you're better at talking than writing something down, a great way to write your own history is using audio. You're listening to audio of me right now. Removing the video element usually makes people a lot less self-conscious. When, as you can see, audio can obviously convey a lot. I'm also thinking about our aging parents or grandparents and all the questions and oral history that we might want from them, but they might shy away from video because so many people do. So do not discount audio. If you're on an iPhone, there's a native voice memo app. There are also apps you can buy that will let you record a little more long form. You do not need a standalone microphone or anything like that to record yourself. For this podcast, I use an app on my laptop called Audacity, which can work on a Mac or a PC. And if you're on a Mac, a lot of people like to use GarageBand, but really you don't need any of that. If you're not looking for professional quality recordings, your phone is just fine for recording some personal history. And number eight might feel like a throwback, but I don't think so. I think there's still such a place for this, and that is scrapbooks. Look, I have gone as digital as possible for our family photo books and that sort of thing, but there are lots of things, scraps, if you will, that I want to keep. Notes and kid art. I still keep ticket stubs and stuff like that. Those things have to go somewhere. I'm way behind in doing this. I actually have sacks of mementos that I want to get to. And when I do, I will go back to a system that I have used in the past called Project Life. This is a scrapbook company started by Becky Higgins. I'll link to it in the show notes. Yes, they do have a digital version, but I like to use her products from the stuff that I want to keep, our little pieces of our history, and they're organized in a binder. There's something about looking back at these binders through all of these little things that I felt important enough to keep. It's telling a history not only of my own, but also of a culture, pop culture, art, restaurant memos, and whatnot. Those things that have landed in a scrapbook for whatever reason, they are like time capsules in the best way. Scrapbooking is still alive and well, folks. I will tell you that right now. And currently, I have a lot of hours to fill. That's one of the things on my list that I might get to during this self-isolation lockdown. Now, number nine is the least tangible of everything we're going to talk about today. And in general, when the emphasis is on writing our own histories, tangible is important. It needs to be something we can see or read or hear later, right? Well, number nine is a bit different, and that is talking it through. So unlike the oral history or recording audio, like I talked about back on number seven, talking it through is serving a different purpose. See, I am a verbal processor. I have to talk something to death in order to figure out exactly what I mean. And most of the time I do that with my friends or with my husband, 
or in the case of work stuff with my mastermind, and talking something through, sure, you end up like not needing or wanting to remember 90% of what you're working out, but there is an unseen value here, and that is someone else is hearing your words. So this is the original type of oral history, right? The way stories and legacies were passed down among generations, that still happens. Don't we all sort of have family legends that are told but never really written down, you know? The other side of that is this. If you are talking something through, let's say a bad work situation, and then six months later when you're trying to glean some meaning from it or you're on the cusp of a big decision around it, the person or people that you talked it through with are witnesses and then also reflections. They can say, hey, this isn't how I remember it. This isn't what you said back then. Now, I'm not saying they would be right, of course, but having shared yourself verbally, you're carrying a certain part of your history together. You are now not the sole keeper of that story. And that can feel so good and actually be good for you. I have a few friends who have known my family of origin for my whole entire life. And I am able to talk to them when things happen with my family, and they will very often remember things, big picture things about my family that I don't. They will remember how I felt at another time, or they will remember something that happened that has gotten lost for me in like details and minutia. They can often bring me back to a bigger picture story outside of the drama, if that makes sense. They are holding my view of my family's history for me in some ways. We can do that with one another. Number 10 is the one most relevant to me right now, writing a book. Of course, most people are not going to do this literally, write a book about their history, a memoir. I'm writing not like a full memoir, but a book that does include a lot of personal history. So this topic is just so very much on my mind. It has been mind-boggling, frankly, to have someone else read and hold these parts of my history that I've never shared before, but for my personal growth and because it was my desire, it has been good to flesh out these stories and not only tell them, but figure out what they mean in retrospect. I know not everyone is going to do this or even want to do this, but because I am literally writing my own history as we speak, I wanted to include it here. Most of what I am encouraging you to do is to document your right now for a future self. But if you are compelled to sit down and write some of your actual history or your family's history or your community's history, I am all for it. Telling the truth of our lives for public consumption or just for ourselves, I just think it's so important to be in touch with our past selves. I will eventually share more about what the process of writing the book has been like emotionally, but for now, I just want you to know that it can be good work excavating these things, rehashing or hashing out for the first time our histories. I'd love to know what you guys think about all of this. I'd love to hear or see. If you post on Instagram, make sure you tag me. I want to see how you're documenting these days, how you've documented in the past. It's all good stuff. Right now, it feels like one of the only things we can really do. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay on top of your own history. Thanks for listening. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. 
You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.